0: While you're building a spiritual and aligned business, there are other important factors that determine the quality of your life and how fulfilled you are inside. And of course, that comes down to also intimate relationships. So the question is, how do you build an intimate relationship that's fulfilling and thriving alongside a thriving business? What do you do with your time? What do you do when there's arguments? What do you do with your own energy when you're feeling triggered? These are the sort of questions that we ask in this, where we have Tabitha Jensen, who came to help us out and came to do an interview about her life and what she's been able to experience in terms of her expertise of helping clients. She herself has gone through a lot of you know, challenging situations, not only with, uh, with the separation of her partnership, but also with 13 deaths in the family in a very, very short period of time. So she shares exactly what she did to work through all of that in a way that's very conscious, in a way that is allowing her to grow. So I'm gonna put Tabitha's links below. So feel free to reach out, add her to your network, because this is gonna be a valuable valuable conversation if you're looking to build a thriving business and also a thriving, loving relationship. So of course it's here and in The Serving Circle on Facebook, where you can elevate the consciousness of the planet through the success of your spiritual business. So if you're a spiritual entrepreneur, be sure to subscribe, support the content, and of course I'll see you on Facebook in The Serving Circle, where you can start collaborating with your soul tribe. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to the Awaken Your Business podcast. My name's Tyson Sharp, and if it's also your mission to heighten consciousness, yes, you are a light worker. And it's in this podcast where you execute that heart's mission by integrating your spiritual and business growth. This is what I call stepping into the role of the heart-centered CEO. This is the version of you who knows the numbers, you know how to grow an audience, you know how to create more impact and more income, but every business strategy is done through the filter of love, compassion, consciousness, and contribution. So when you're ready, take a deep breath, and I'll see you on the inside. Welcome back one and all to another episode of the Awaken Your Business podcast. Tabitha Jensen here, and what we're going to talk about is something that I don't think gets talked about enough, because as we build our businesses, as we move forward with developing ourselves and building the level of wealth that we want to see. And of course, contributing in a way that feels aligned with us. There are other things that come across in our life that are also important. Obviously, things like your health is very, very important, but also our relationships. And as we build our businesses, as we move forward in that way, it's, it, it aids everything. It aids all love in our life when our relationships are also growing, are also fulfilling, are also the way that we want them to, we want them to be. So how do you navigate that? How do you build the business with your energy focused time and your heart in there and also build a loving, committed, fulfilling relationship? That's also comes with all of the challenges and all of the levels of growth with it. So that's why Tabitha's here. So thank you for your time and your expertise here. First of all, I welcome you. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Fantastic. I'm so happy to be here and hopefully get to be able to support the community and being able to take their business and their relationships to the next level. Yeah, so totally. It really exciting moment.
0: Totally. So for those who don't know you, what about you give a bit of a, uh, a short backstory on how you got into all of this, how you got into really helping women in their relationships and, uh, and, and doing it from the entrepreneurial perspective. But how did you get into all of this? Why, what was your passion? What made you jump into yeah. it? And, and how's your journey been so far?
1: Ooh, the journey has been a zigzag. Let me tell you what. Um, so Tabitha Jensen, I own Tabitha Jensen Relationship Coaching, and I actually also own a bodywork business, Holy Totem. So um, for more than 12 years, I've been helping clients in the world of bodywork and health coaching to, you know, create lasting change in their lives. And through my incredible journey, um, I went from... Owning that business and getting burned out and trying to juggle my marriage and a string of losses, 13 deaths in 13 years, I was having a difficult time trying to hold my business together and trying to hold my marriage together. So to be a bit vulnerable, the reason I got into the work is I was really struggling to save my marriage and it, the uncertainty of not knowing what to do about it just plagued me every day it was agonizing. I was using all of my energy and depleting my energy from my business. And in the end, I ended up losing everything. Um, I lost my family and my community as I isolated myself and my career because I didn't have the energy to put into my business because I was struggling to try and keep my marriage um, in place. So I used to go to bed feeling scared and really confused and in a hopeless state as everything I was trying to do really didn't help. And as all of the things were falling through my fingers like sand, I lost my husband and my best friend. He, has, he walked out. So I didn't realize it until that moment. But what I really lost in the three years was myself. And I had felt more alone than I ever did and broken. And in that process of barely being able to breathe, um, I woke up the next morning and realized I had to focus on me and regardless of whether he came back or not. I needed to open myself up to massive help and growth, and that is where that journey really started. It shifted into me healing myself through intensive therapy and growth workshops. I lost 60 pounds. I rebranded that business, and I decided to enroll in a more intensive coaching program through the Serious Living Institute. So through all of that, I just really discovered how a lack of self-love and specific tools impacted my marriage and those same tools are the ones that impacted my business. And in the process I learned how to gracefully separate from my ex-husband and I really know now that when you are in the bottle, you can't read the label no matter how hard you try. And so that's the big thing that I want to communicate to people is you are smart, you are um there's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken. It's just sometimes when you're so close to something, you really, you can't see, you just can't see all the pieces to it. So today I have Travel the Jensen relationship coaching, and it really is to support career driven female entrepreneurs that are struggling in their marriage, painfully watching it fall apart. Like I was as my message become my message and I help them go from confusion to having clarity about who it is that they are and what they really want. And help them to have not only a joyous, vital marriage, but a thriving business. Because I truly believe that you can have it all. And at this moment in my life, um, I'm getting to live my purpose and live my truth and um, my calling. And I wake up feeling super excited to live my life. And when I wake up, it is those women that are in those places that I really think about and think, how am I helping them today? Like, what can I do to support them? And help them have that dream that they really want. So it's been a long journey and a struggle, but um, I'm really excited. I have a toddler now. I live in Seattle and um, I get to do something I really love. And I get to launch these workshops of, you know, how to communicate to feel heard when you're not feeling heard or seen, how to recover after infidelity, and how to manifest the life of your dreams. So it's an exciting moment for me
0: beautiful awesome now what was it like so with the three years where things were things were falling apart and you're sort of losing everything now that you've gone through the moments of growth and you know what can i contribute and how how can i move forward from this what are some of the things looking back you wish you had known throughout the three years of it falling apart
1: um (laughs) Gosh, is this podcast episode long enough for that? (laughs) Um, Well, in those three years, I lost most of my family. So my sister, my dad, all my grandparents, I lost 13 people in three years. And then that's when my ex-husband had left. So um, I think one of the big things that I wish I really would have taken to heart with all of the grief and the death is that their choices and how they chose to live their life that contributed to their death was not a reflection on me or their love for me and that was something that was difficult to be able to digest my sister um, was 24 and relapsed and overdosed and to take them so personally each death as I wasn't enough there was something wrong with me I couldn't make them want to live longer or to take better care of themselves, I took it really internally, personally. And it wasn't until after my sister, who was the eighth person that passed away um, in a string of just every few months of people passing, that it really sort of hit me like a brick wall, that that was her soul's journey, and that was her purpose, and it had nothing to do with me, and it wasn't about me and it took a long time for me to be able to get to that point.
0: Wow. So you lost eight family members in that time. Uh
1: 13 thir- 13. Yeah, 13, 13 family
0: members. 13
1: family yeah. members.
0: Yeah. That's unfathomable. It's sort of like a a string of just one after the other. I mean, I have yeah. to ask what what that was like. What was it like going through that in the form of day-to-day things? If you're, if you're yeah. trying to hold your life together and do what you're committed to and these things are happening in your life, what, what got you through that?
1: One foot in front of the other. I wish I had a really great response to this, but it really is one foot in front of the other and just taking a deep breath and be, and not thinking too far ahead. Um, for me, that's a big coping mechanism to think far ahead and to dream, but I really had to focus on one step in front of the other and focus on the thing that was just in front of me. So the thing that was just in front of me is that we had to do dad's funeral and we had to make funeral arrangements and the specific things around those arrangements that we didn't have any answers to. And then try and put my life back together and try and put energy into my marriage and into the business. and then my grandfather got diagnosed with cancer. And then it's like, okay, I'm going to show up here. And it was not a lot of rest. It was a lot of work, um, whether it was working for the business and working, you know, um, all the time, every snippet of time and just having that fully freedom and flexibility to be like, okay, I'm going to go to the Seattle, Seattle Cancer Care Alliance. And we're, we're doing that surgery today. And then I'm going to, we're going to have brunch together as a family. And then I'm going to leave straight from there and I'm going to go to work and then carving out the time. And it was just one step at a time every week. You just didn't look far out.
0: Mm. It's sort of the reminder. I mean, when you have, when you're building a business, it can sort of seem like that's the main focus. That's the sort of thing that's your attention, your focus every day, all of the time, um but then as soon as something happens with a loved one you know Mm -hmm. whether it be an illness or death or some sort of tragedy sort of like oh instantly it snaps you out with a recent perspective that says oh the business is like a game that sort of surface level stuff there are actually some more meaningful things in my life and that comes down to relationships but it's sometimes it's i mean it's kind of tricky and almost disappointing but it's sort of like a it sometimes it does take a little bit of a, a tragedy for us to uh, awaken to what matters most in life. Is Absolutely. that, is that what you found in working in working with yourself yeah. with clients?
1: That uh, when working with stuff with my clients and it was, I was on autopilot and it wasn't until I was about to step into work one day that I was, I realized I was telling myself, you just have to get through one more day. You just have to get through one more day. And then I realized, and I, as I said it and I was like, wait, what am I saying to myself? Mm. I just have to get through one more day. Like these people just lost their lives. Like you don't, you don't another day isn't guaranteed. And it was really this sort of like, I need to be living my life in a bigger way. I need to be having more intentionality and more purpose here. And then through those deaths, that's what I was really called to do. And realizing in my current business, I wasn't feeling ignited anymore. And I wasn't feeling um, that spark and that drive and that deeper connection to, you know, spirit for me. And that's when I started to seek into something bigger. And it just happened to collide the same time that my husband left. Yeah. And realized at that time, I realized, wow, there, I called it my my basket of, Craft, we'll just say for lack of a better term, but it was just this basket of stuff. I felt like I was holding. Um, you know, I live in the U.S. on Thanksgiving of all the things that I did to contribute to my marriage, and I didn't know it. I didn't know what I didn't know, and I didn't know what it meant to have a thriving marriage or how to have a thriving marriage. And when your marriage is really good, it's good, and you kind of are like, what a doll. We went to premarital coach counseling but you're like, whatever, it's good. You don't take it seriously. You don't take it seriously until you're at the point where things are downhill. And usually then you also have other things like finances that add pressure to the relationship. And especially if you are a business owner, if your relationship isn't good or your business isn't good, there is this connection and this dynamic between the two of them and they feed into each other. And if you're not doing well financially in your business, it's really difficult to be able to afford the marriage counseling. And if you're struggling to find the time, it's difficult to carve out the time to make time for your marriage. They feed into each other. And that's one thing I really saw in that process. So as I was holding all of the stuff that I was responsible for and taking accountability for and processing in that marriage ending was when I started writing my premarital course that I have now that I've been working on, on the seven pillars to a successful marriage. And all of the things that I didn't know at that time. Mm.
0: Yeah. I've got a couple of questions about time, time and finances, but it's sort of like what I I hinted towards is, is what you're saying here. Don't settle for good. Is that what you're saying? It's sort of like, as soon as you have things that are fine and good and you know, it's, it's in a, it's in a realm where it's not bad enough for you to take notice, but also not thriving where it's a priority. It's in that middle ground where it seems like things are fine, but a relationship needs to be more than fine for it to thrive and consistently evolve. So is don't, is not settling for good. Is that sort of the mentality here or is it something else?
1: Well, what I would say is if you, that you should always be putting yourself in that stretch zone, whether you're a business owner or in your relationship, because if you are pausing and good you're not really pausing because things are still moving forward and you're not moving forward with them and now you're two steps back mm-hmm. right love is not a feeling it's an action it's a thing that you do whether it's the love for your relationship and your clients and your business and the energy you put into that or it's the love that you put into your marriage by when you walk in the door you stop what you're doing and you kiss your spouse and when you carve out date nights you actually follow through on doing those date nights and when it's your turn to plan it, you plan it, right? Mm-hmm. It's an action. It's not a feeling. So if you stop and you think, oh, we're good, we're good now, you can get into this place where you feel like comfort, where you feel safe, right? Our bodies are meant to keep us feeling in this safe zone. We don't want to get out of the safe zone, right? We don't want to be vulnerable. That it feels like there's a lot of risk there, a lot of uncertainty. So if you're settling for good, that status quo isn't going to maintain, mm-hmm. You really have to keep pushing and keep driving towards something. And I would say leaning into always, whether you're in a relationship or not in a relationship, leaning into what your deeper purpose is, whether that's a connection to a higher spirit or not, but diving into that, because at the end of the day, what I found is whether I'm in a relationship or not, I still have to know who I am and what it is that I want to do. Mm. And the more lost I feel in the relationship is how lost I'm going to feel out of the relationship and how lost I feel out of a relationship. Once I get into a relationship, it's not going to solve those feelings of being lost.
0: Awesome. So it's, it's a good reminder there. Um, when it comes to a relationship, it's sort of very similar to business and health in the fact that it's always growing. It's always expanding. There's never, there's, you're never stagnant, right?
1: Never stagnant. You're so going backwards if
0: you think you're stagnant yes so i mean in a business a business is always it's always either growing or dying as, as tony mm-hmm. robbins would say and same yeah. with a relationship it's always consistently evolving consistently going more and more deep more and more expansive if it's just good and just fine then that's the sort of that's the illusion things will stay that way it never stays that way so like i said love is is an action and it's consistently working on that thing to say let's go deeper let's let's be more conscious let's Mm -hmm. let's take the actions necessary whether it is just a kissing of your spouse and being more present that allows it to consistently expand and grow um Mm -hmm. where do you see the where do you see the harmony is in your time towards a relationship and your time towards business? How is it that they thrive together when you're sort of, when you are delegating that, you know, finite resource of time?
1: Yeah. So what I'll say to that, and it's something that I talk about in my workshop, Manifesting the Life of Your Dreams, is it's all about that intentionality and having that vision and where it is you're putting your energy and why, right? So, The the first part of my course is all about establishing your values and connecting to your values and why those things are important to you. And when you're building the life of your dreams and you're building the business of your dreams, connecting back to those values and knowing exactly why I'm doing this. And is this connecting into my gifts and my higher calling, right? So connecting back into those values and making sure you're being intentional about it. Whether it is intentional in your marriage that, hey, my partner's love language is quality time, so I'm going to make sure on Friday night, I carve out time to plan a you know a surprise date to take him to the beach for a picnic, or I'm going to be intentional in my business, and I'm going to be intentional with the client journey, and what is the journey that I want this person to walk through, and what are the experiences I want them to have in my business, and how are my values demonstrating in that client journey, right? It's the same thing. You're still being intentional and you're still being present and showing up in each thing, but not splitting your time. So when I'm here with you, I'm here with you and I'm giving you my time and energy. And if I can't, I'm communicating my needs, but I actually just need a moment right now and I'm actually not available. Hmm.
0: Makes sense. Very, like I said, intentional. When you understand your vision, (laughs) you understand your why, you understand your values, you have a very clear intent of what your higher purpose is then mm-hmm. your time can be delegated towards, towards that, both in the relationship and in the business. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And one of the big takeaways I would love for people to walk away with is knowing in that how you can delegate to be able to free up that time so that you have more capacity and time. So one thing that I do is I hire someone. I'm a single mom now. So I hire someone to come and do my dishes and fold my laundry and to help pick up around the house and to take the dog down. And I breastfeed my son and I put him down and then I change into my workout clothes while she's taking the dog down and she's doing these things while I'm working out and I leave to go do my workout because I like cleaning. I, enjoy it. I actually used to have a house cleaning business long, long ago um, before this wellness business, but it's not something that I have to do. And if I can delegate someone to clean my house, if I can delegate them to fold my laundry to help me with meal prep, if there are other things that I can do to be able to free up that space for my relationship, that's what I want to do. And the same for your business. If you can outsource things on social media, they're posting, if you can create automations and delegate things, if you can hire interns, that's really big right now. Then you're going to free up that time to be able to focus on what your gifts are and what your intentional life is going to be about.
0: Mm. I love it. So when it comes to the, when it comes to that time aspect, it also brings me back to the, to the question of what happens when like, does your time delegating is that, will it be different if your cha- if your marriage is going through a bit of a challenge or if your relationship is going through a bit of a challenge yeah. do you suggest spending more time on the relationship and and having that be the main focus and what does it mean consistently still working in the business and then delegating that time to the relationship when necessary yeah. do the, did the delegation of time change as your relationship goes through the thriving and challenges you know that those those cycles
1: absolutely i mean there are seasons what i'm hearing you ask though is like okay if And maybe I'm wrong. Is if my relationship isn't in a great place, and I'm trying trying to get this startup off the ground, or my business is in a good place. What do I do if I'm feeling strapped on either end? Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a hard. I can't. I'm not. I'm not in the person's life. I'm not in their body. But what I will tell you is that you need to try and narrow in what it is that you're gonna do. Right. So eighty percent. Of your profits are going to come from 20% of your effort. So what is that 20% that you really need to be focusing on with your business? And in your marriage, similarly, like being present and being really focused with that person and carving out that time and communicating really clearly with them, which is a really difficult thing to do when you are in the throat and not being in a great place of your marriage. If you're not feel, feeling heard, if you are getting into critical defensive patterning, if your partner stonewalls and shuts down, it is a really difficult task to do. But as much as you can, being intentional and being like, okay, this is why I'm here and I'm in this space. And it may be that it's split 50 50. It's going to, honestly, it's going to change on any given day. It's going to change in any given week. It's not going to be, you're not going to be able to say, I'm going to be here 50% and I'm going to be here 50% because it just depends on how much support you have on either end of things and how busy your partner is. My partner was really busy for a long time through the deaths and things like that. So it wasn't as urgent to him. He was trying to keep his head above water as I'm trying to keep my head above water. So neither one of us are like, yeah, let's just get into this marriage thing. We're both focusing more on our careers. So there's not a good answer to that as far as a good divide. um, It really depends on each person and what resonates with you.
0: Like you said, sometimes in relationships we go through patterns where someone is very defensive or stonewalling and not responsive mm-hmm. and, and, you know, those things can hit us emotionally. Do you have any tips or guidance for people who are coming out of that relationship where the things haven't been resolved yet and yet they still need to work on their business and do videos and client calls and networking and things like that? Do you have mm-hmm. any particular tips of how to show up in your business when things in the relationship um are are quite challenging and emotional
1: yeah yeah i do so one thing i would say is anything you can do as far as grounding um, meditations, affirmations anything to take you from that energetic space and to be able to come into your other space and it really is like we talked about with that intentional like i'm going to I'm not texting you right now, or I'm sorry, I'm I'm focusing on my, you know, I'm at work in this moment and being able to just do a reset, whether that's um, some box breathing, whether that's, a, you know, five minute thing on the calm app, whether that's an affirmation that you tell yourself something that you can do to reset that energy and focus in on what's most important to you. But what I will say is a lot of those things are areas of opportunity that probably show up in your business as well. So if you are getting in critical defensive patterning with your partner, it's a really great opportunity, I would say, to one, use a gentle startup, but two, to look at your own inner critical parent, because if you're being really critical with your partner in your relationship, your critical parent and in your inner family portraits probably showing up a lot and being very critical of you. And that's probably actually impacting your business and how your profitability in your business. And how you're showing up and whether you even are showing up because if that part of you is really active and engaged and for me it was a recognition of man I'm in an abusive relationship with myself if that critical parent if that part of you is really activated and being really critical of everything that you're doing it's going to be difficult to be creative it's going to be able difficult to do real and to get out of that space the best thing that you can do to get out of that space I would say and do a reset is to do affirmations and gratitude journaling and meditations, even if it's just for five or 10 minutes at a time.
0: Hmm. Beautiful. So from everyone who's listening, what I'm hearing is that <laughs> the challenges in your relationship are also going to be some of the things that solve the challenges in your business. Yeah. Right? Cause a lot Absolutely. of this is an inner game. A lot of it is an inner game of saying, okay, how is it that I, how is it that I handle challenges in my life and how resourceful am I willing to be to solve them? And that reflects from your relationships into business. Once again, Mm -hmm. if you're in defensive patterns in your relationship, no doubt there are some areas in you've got defensive um, patterns in your business, right? And sort of seeing where they may aid each other and and vice versa in your business, it's helping you face the challenges so that you can become the version of you capable of having a thriving relationship. Right. So understanding where they aid each other in your own growth and, and how they may help you become more resourceful, more loving, patient, you know, present, whatever it may be is, is super important. So
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Is there anything would, you want to add I, there? Cause I think that's a really important piece.
1: Yeah. Sorry to take off there. Jason. Um, one thing I want to, I do want to add is if you, ways to know that you are functioning, maybe from like, say your critical child is, are you rehearsing what you're going to say with your partner in advance out of fear? Are you in black and white thinking and having a really difficult time being in the gray area hearing them? Um, Are you in your business, for instance, are you comparing? Are you doing a lot of comparison? um and looking and judging other people or putting even putting your partner up on a pedestal or putting someone up on a pedestal is a form of comparison and when we get into that space where we're doing these things it's a really great way to notice huh okay i'm functioning from a wounded place at this time Mm. it's a really great way to have a clue or an indication of where is this coming from and a great tip or trick to be able to do there is to do some journaling between the two. And some people do this with their left hand and make a line down the paper and do it with their right hand. But you can have a conversation between those inner parts of yourself. And that's something I really encourage people to do when they're lacking motivation. If you're lacking motivation and part of you is like, ah, I just want to go out and be in the sun. And the other part of you is, um, I really want to, we need to get this project done. We need to really get this project done. We've got a deadline. We need to get this launched. Then, Having a conversation between those two parts and just letting them be heard is one of the most valuable things that you can do. So acknowledging and being able to tap in and be aware of what part of you is needing to be heard can really be valuable because sometimes when you're in an argument with your partner, there's an inner part of you that's having a conversation and being like, maybe it's your inner team. We didn't say that. That's not what they said. And if you're doing all of this, you're not really hearing them. Hmm. You're not able to hear them. So So those are really great key indicators, I would say, to to look out for.
0: So what what can people look out for when they come to this concept of the family portrait? So internally, if they do have these conflicts within their business, within their relationships, and they're they're not so conscious of the types of dialogue that go on between, you know, the sub personalities within themselves, can you Mm -hmm. describe the sort of the the areas of the family portrait so that people can start to be aware of okay what side of me needs to start being seen
1: yeah so for the inner for the inner child it tends to be a much younger version of ourselves so for me it's around seven um and so i can tell you like for me my inner child really fears abandonment and i can notice like um my triggers around or I get activated around not being seen or being invisible are really connected deeply to that inner child not being seen at one point, right? So the more that you can kind of um, identify maybe ages or themes, they're coming up for you. So for me, I started to develop an awareness um, around uh, being activated around um, incompetence. And like, oh, you know, and this idea of not being competent and that I can connect to more of my teen, my inner teen. And really, it's not that all of these parts aren't welcome. They are welcome. It's just that we're trying to navigate. They're all in the car with us. We're trying to navigate who's in the driver's seat. And if we have one part of us that's in the driver's seat driving and none of the other parts are being heard, then that's when we start to have, I would say, a disconnect. That's when depression starts to show up. That's when we start to have a lack of motivation, right? Um, so it's not really about um, them not all being in the car. Or we don't want to reject any of these parts of ourselves. We want to become in tune to maybe themes that are coming up in our lives around when we start to feel maybe just like, oh, I feel disrespected. That that made me feel disrespected. Just becoming attuned and aware of like, huh, that comes up for me in these situations. Or when you are feeling really charged, like wow, what was that? Oh, that was that thing where somebody, I asked them a question and they just blew me off or they didn't call my name. Once you start to become attuned to sort of these pieces, because it can show up with our clients too, right? Oh, they didn't respond to my email fast enough, or I told them this thing and they're not listening to me. Um, it, it, It transcends, whether it's in your relationship and your partner not hearing you. And saying, hey, I told you I really want the dishes put away or I need, like you said you were going to do the toilets and you still haven't done them. And to our clients as well, of like, man, are they going to call me back? Like, this is just disrespectful at this point.
0: Mm. Wow. So
1: identifying those themes, yeah.
0: So as you identify the themes <laughs> that are in your life where you may find yourself being disempowered, you know, whether it be through self rejection coming like rejection coming up, or maybe it's Mm -hmm. abandonment. Maybe it's a level of incompetence, like these certain themes that allow us to feel more and more disempowered, having the, uh, having the consciousness of saying, and the awareness to say, Oh, there's a, you know, there's an inner teen here that needs to be seen. There's an inner child, you know, there's, you know, there's, there's a wounded side of me, not that I'm going to reject that side of me, but I'm going to listen and see what Mm -hmm. that side of me has to share. That will start to know that will start to allow you to when you're having a conversation in a relationship you're also not avoiding a conversation within yourself. You know, so obviously you've highlighted that journaling and having these the inner dialogue can help clear a lot of that up so all sides of you are seen in love, so that when you are talking with you know your partner. That it can come through more clearly it can come from a more place of love and acceptance, and you know where you are accepting self is that sort of the. Is that sort of the dynamic that you're seeing here?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because the more clarity that you have about who you are and what you need, the more clarity you're going to be able to communicate that with your partner. Our partners, even the best of partners that have a similar love language to us and that have known us for years, um, they're not going to be able to read our minds. And in fact, it really sets us up for a trap. If when we get into a pattern where, um, like I have one client now where, her partner can just read her mind so often that when he doesn't read it right or when she doesn't communicate and something doesn't go well because she's so used to not communicating because he can pseudo read her mind, as she would say. So it really sets us up in a trap. So being able to, and it does a disservice to F, I I would say, because we don't have to really tap in and identify what our needs are to be able to communicate them in other situations and to our partner and become a good communicator. Mm so being able to identify what your needs are and get and getting clarity there is the most important thing and if you're noticing that that inner there's an inner voice there and sometimes it would almost be like a disassociating for me like part of me and i'm like huh but i would still almost like dig in my heels i'm like oh i'm gonna win this argument Mm -hmm. then that's sort of a moment just to be like wait i need to take a pause like i need a timeout i need a pause I think the hardest part about relationships, whether it's business and especially intimate relationships with their partners, I think of it like a ball of yarn and that there's like, you know, different, two different colors of thread. And I have to tease the hardest part about relationships is teasing out the different colors to figure out, okay, what's mine here and what's yours? Could it, because it could be that. I'm shame that I'm shaming myself and that triggers you to shame yourself. And then I'm feeding off of your shaming and we could really be feeding off of each other in a really negative pattern. Right? So figuring out what's mine and what's yours can be so valuable in that clarity of what you're talking about, of identifying who it is that's needing to be heard and what they need to be held and heard about and holding space for them in that loving parent manner is going to allow you to have a deeper clarity about where your colors are and where your partner's colors are and being able to tease that apart and being able to clearly communicate what your needs are. And that skill is something that is so important for you in business. And it's so important for you in being loving towards yourself because that is also about boundaries. And those boundaries and what you're asking before is like, man, how do I juggle these things? Well, you have to have boundaries. You have to be able to know what your needs are, communicate them, and say, "I can commit to this or I can't commit to this." Right? That's how you carve out that time. Is you create those boundaries. Hmm. Um, so it's so it's so vital to all of the pieces coming together. I would say.
0: But how do you how do you go through the question of what's <laughs> mine versus theirs? If some if there's if there's something going on where I'm like, okay, I'm triggered here. Now, am I triggered because of something that only I need to work with, or is it something that, mm-hmm. that they need to work through themselves? It's also triggering me like, and then where does it end? It's like, because of my trigger, now they're triggered because I said, I'm going through this and how do you, how do you tease that out? Are there any questions or processes you go through that, that helps people sort of you know, yeah. navigate, navigate the ball of yarn? Yeah.
1: Um... There, there are. I would say, first of all, if you're noticing that you're triggered or activated or that your partner is triggered or activated, that's a really great moment to say, hang on, I think there's something bigger going on here.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I need a timeout. Or you can communicate like I don't feel safe. And I actually have a handout that I'm happy to um, share the link to for the podcast of that handout of how to communicate your needs or to be able to pause the conversations. But to be able to pause the conversation. Once you notice that something's off and say, hey, you know what? I just need to, I'm not in a good space right now. I need to pause this conversation, right? I need to have a timeout. And then you need to take at least 20 minutes. This is the hard part. 20 minutes. You need to stop that conversation, not really think about it so that you can get your brain and your heart rate down. So according to the Gottman Institute with John Julie Gottman, And all of their research they did in the love lab, when they hooked people up and they were in these studies living in the apartments, the couples, when they were hooked up to heart rate monitors, it took a minimum of 20 minutes of not engaging or thinking about it at all to be able to get your heart rate down. And even when you think, oh, my heart rate is down, you're just past a certain point, you actually need to give it at least 20 minutes where you don't actually think about it. So for me, I would get so, especially in the beginning of my marriage, I would get so triggered or activated. I would like slam the door and I would like leave and I would go to Target and I would like be there for hours and I wouldn't communicate with my partner. It was absolutely horrible. I would not suggest doing that in your relationship. And then after doing, you know, workshops with John Julie Gottman and doing a lot of um, development in that area, I learned, okay, I can't just leave and not tell him where I'm going for hours. And That's not okay. We have to have a plan, right? And at the same time, it's not okay. We learned for him to follow me around the house and try and have this conversation that I say I'm not, I'm not ready to have. So he would be the one that wants to follow and have the conversation. I'm ready to have it. And I was like, no, I'm not ready to have this conversation, but for hours and to a point where it was disrespectful and that I wouldn't communicate with my partner where I was or that I was safe or when I was coming home. And it's like midnight because Target closes at midnight. So um, you need to give yourself at least 20 minutes. And this is, I think, where fair fighting comes into play too, and having a plan. It's really important to, to fight fair and to have a plan and to know, okay, have conversations when you're not in arguments about this, of how that argument impacted you and how that person behaved and how it impacted you and how we need to create change. So, so you're gonna stop, you're gonna stop when you're triggered, you're gonna take that 20-minute break. And then if you're in a space to have that conversation. One person is going to be the share and one person is going to be the observer and you're going to have those curious conversations. When you did blank, I felt blank, <laughs> right? It's that very basic nonviolent communication. Using I statements, we're not going to get into past experiences. We're going to make it into just that one, that one experience that you had and we're not going to go back into that time that you didn't wash the toilet the other time and you didn't do the other things. We're going to stay right into this argument of what we're talking about and we're going to be clear about what the specific thing was and our feelings. Which, if you need a feelings list, I have a really great feelings list. I will give it to you as well. Um, and from there, tell them the impact that it had on us. So when you go to Target and you don't, and you leave after our argument and you don't call me back or let me know where you're going to be, I feel when you're going to be home, I feel scared. And being able to communicate that I feel scared, um, I feel alone, and I you know, feel hurt, I feel deeply hurt. When you can communicate those needs and take those breaks from those heated moments, that's when you start to kind of have that open dynamic and communication and that curiousness where you can tease apart the yarn. And I think also in that introspection, where it might be that you need to take longer time and say, you know, I'm not really ready to have, I don't understand, I don't have enough clarity here. I need more clarity. I need, I'm not ready to have this conversation yet. And that's your boundary. You don't have to wait 20 minutes and go and have that conversation. You can say, you know, I'm just not ready to have that conversation yet. I don't have enough clarity around this. Mm -hmm. And that's when you can take that time to really sort of tease apart. What are the the familiar feelings that are happening with this? right is there a moment another moment in time where i felt like this that i experienced something like this what does this remind me of and that's a really great place to start to tease apart that yarn and depending on their level of awareness it's going to be different for everyone right
0: Hmm.
1: hopefully that answered your question
0: no it's powerful it's powerful stuff because when we have when we're in survival and our heart rate is you know even just slightly (laughs) elevated it is we go in circles. where we're we're in a we can be in a victim mindset where we're just wanting to win and prove that we're right and you know, get mm-hmm. on top and we just go around in circles. And if two people are just going around in circles, then nothing really gets resolved until physically, but like biochemically, we reduce the heart rate and all the chemicals, the the, the, the body's chemicals that go with it of, of being more from a place of a calm space where we're not judging we're not you know we're not playing this victim role but instead we're speaking from our heart speaking from our truth and truly listening actually listening Mm -hmm. you know because i know with the Gottman work i haven't done too much in terms of um heart math and all these sort of (laughs) you know real key areas of of love and relationships um but i think it was in the Gottman institute where they realized that the number one thing was um criticism right so it's Mm -hmm. it's the 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 number one thing yeah that has this downward spiral in a relationship is criticism that's actually when you you, you're blaming the person not for what they did but for who they are and that's really what comes out when we're in this form of survival and you know we're we're operating from our triggers and we just say things that we're going to regret but when we actually you know hurt someone and target them that's the the, the real downward, uh, spiral of a relationship. So it's key advice to be able to say, you know what, I'm in a situation where I can't have this conversation right now without going around in circles and being triggered, let's go away for 20 minutes and not think about it and just breathe and just do something else and whatever. Um, and in that situation, I can then return to the conversation 20 minutes later and, and do it from more of a clear space. So that's why but
1: honestly, 20 minutes sometimes i 20 minutes is hard if you're really in a space where you're really heightened mm-hmm. and activated 20 minutes is even really difficult i the key thing to remember though is that it's better to err on the side of adding more time than less time because you're the reason that you go in circles like that is because when your heart rate is elevated the parts of your brain to be able to hear you can't hear they're shut down it's part of that fight or flight. So you know everything goes to our extremities to be able to run. We're not thinking, we're not able to use that part of our brain. It literally is not something we're able to access. So you're not gonna be able to hear your partner and they're not gonna be able to hear you. So if you're kind of go, feel like you're going in circles, um, I, I think of it as like talking on different wavelengths of the radio. different vibrational frequencies, if that's something that you're experiencing, it might be a really great opportunity just to say, I think we need to put a tack in this. We need to pause and we need to come back to this. I'm not feeling heard. Um, There seems to be something deeper going on here. Mm -hmm. It's a really great opportunity so that you don't do exactly what you're talking about and to do damage. The biggest thing that I see is what you're talking about is that the defensive criticism patterning continues. And then over time, when someone is in that, when a couple is in that pattern and they can function in that pattern for a really long time, then we start to get into something even deeper, which is the stonewall and the contempt. So the Gottman Institute talks about it as the four horsemen and that they are really a four horsemen of the apocalypse. But the ones that, you know, your relationship can't survive is the stonewalling, right? Is that stonewalling contempt. And I think of it more as, Um, what happens is you go from defensiveness, critical patterning in a relationship or what I see with my clients, and then you move into the stonewalling and the contempt where the person just doesn't even open up anymore and they don't share. And it's really difficult with my clients I've seen to be able to take you backwards. Once you're in stonewalling and contempt, there's been so much trust that is missing there. There's so much um, degradation, for lack of a better word in this moment, that it's really difficult to take a couple backwards and to save their marriage once we get too far into this stonewalling and contempt Mm. because you lose respect in a lot of other pieces in there that are so critical to your relationship.
0: Mm. That's so key. So it's (laughs) sort of just doing what you can to not go in that downward spiral, to not go into the the areas of the stonewalling, the contempt, the sort of the criticism Mm -hmm. and sort of, your best to do whatever you can to avoid going down that path so that the respect, the love, the trust, um, can be maintained. Um, that's really, really important. I know you do need to leave in a minute, but one thing I do have, if you could sort of summarize all of this in terms of just some key takeaways, some key reminders so that people, Mm -hmm. you know, listening to this can apply in their life. What, what do you think that would be? Um, key takeaways,
1: key reminders. I would say if you are looking to create more time in your in space in your business and relationships, that the place to start is um, boundaries and even deeper than that, people pleasing behavior where you're saying yes, where you really wanna say no, tapping into those values and making sure that they connect and helping establish those boundaries. Um, creating some systems of delegation are key whether it's in the home life or in the work life um i would also say that it's about that intentionalism and doing things intentionally and carving out the time so um you know you are not going to be able to save your marriage unless you intentionally put the effort into it and stop what you're doing to give your partner that attention that they're craving unless you stop and actually, um, you know, kiss them. I say foreplay is something that happens, it's a different conversation, but foreplay is something that happens throughout the day and the week. It's not something that happens in that moment of intimacy. So stopping what you're doing to kiss your partner and to tell them how grateful you are for them and to acknowledge them um, and being intentional with your business in the same way is really key to, to all of that. And lastly, I'd say you have to first, pour from your own overflowed cup. So if you're feeling lost, the the first place is to not focus on how your partner needs to change. It's to focus on how you need to come deeper connected to yourself and to those different parts of you that are struggling and to have a more harmonious harmonious relationship with yourself because your partner's not going to be able to make you happy and that's not their job. And your clients are not necessarily going to be able to make you happy, even though it feels so good to serve them. And that's really not their job. That validation of who you are and your worth and your um, purpose has to come from that inner place of you.
0: Mm. Powerful stuff. And some key reminders there. Tabitha, where can people reach out to you, connect with you further if they're interested in this kind of work and what you're doing?
1: Yeah, great. Thanks for asking. So tabithajensen.com, So Tabitha, all A's, Jensen, all um, You can also find me on Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook. So um, at Tabitha underscore speaks is where you can find me on social media. And I also have a Women Supporting Women in Marriage Facebook group um, that I'm active in. And yeah, there's all sorts of, in Clubhouse. I speak on Clubhouse quite often. So that's also Tabitha underscore speaks.
0: Beautiful, awesome. I'll put links to everything in the show notes for people to connect with you as well. Thank you yeah. for your time. There's plenty of reminders that people can uh, take away here, but anyone who's building a relationship and a, and also a business and want them to both to thrive, put these things into practice and, uh, and see what you can come up with and see what what sort of areas you can develop in because this is the this is the most important stuff to help you grow and evolve and advance in in life and just so that we have more to give. So tapata. Thanks for being here. We appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much. If anybody has any questions, if you need any support, I answer all the messages personally for the most part at this point. And um, I'm really just happy to support you in whatever way I can. And thanks so much, so much gratitude for having me here and to be with the community today.
0: My pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Awaken Your Business podcast. If you're a heart-centered business owner, You know that selling, marketing, and business strategy can bring up a lot of fear, doubt, and scarcity. And this is why I created the community on Facebook called The Serving Circle. It's in here where you get to grow your business as a byproduct of asking the question, how may I serve? It's on our weekly Zoom collaborative calls where you get to serve by meeting like-minded people and organizing collaborations, service exchanges, and partnerships so together we can heighten consciousness through business success. So just search The Serving Circle in your Facebook groups and you'll see that you're just one heartfelt collaboration away from reaching your biggest business goal. Take care now.